Section number two of State of the Union Addresses by United States Presidents, 1893 through 1896. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Grover Cleveland, December 4th, 1893. Part 2. The Secretary of the Treasury reports that the receipts of the government from all sources during the fiscal year ended June 30th, 1893, amounted to $461,716,561.94, and its expenditures to $459,374,674.24 there was collected from customs two hundred and five million three hundred and fifty five thousand sixteen dollars and seventy three cents and from internal revenue one hundred and sixty one million twenty seven thousand six hundred and twenty three dollars and ninety three cents our dutiable imports amounted to four hundred and twenty one million eight hundred and fifty six thousand seven hundred and eleven an increase of fifty two million four hundred and fifty three thousand nine hundred and seven over the preceding year and importations free of duty amounted to four hundred and forty four million five hundred and forty four thousand two hundred and eleven a decrease from the preceding year of thirteen million four hundred and fifty five thousand four hundred and forty seven internal revenue receipts exceeded those of the preceding year by seven million one hundred and forty seven thousand four hundred and fifty five dollars and thirty two cents the total tax collected on distilled spirits was ninety four million seven hundred and twenty thousand two hundred and sixty dollars and fifty five cents on manufactured tobacco thirty one million eight hundred and eighty nine thousand seven hundred and eleven dollars and seventy four cents and on fermented liquors thirty two million five hundred and forty eight thousand nine hundred and eighty three dollars and seven cents we exported merchandise during the year amounting to eight hundred and forty seven million six hundred and sixty five thousand one hundred and ninety four dollars a decrease of one hundred and eighty two million six hundred and twelve thousand nine hundred and fifty four dollars from the preceding year the amount of gold exported was larger than any previous year in the history of the government amounting to a hundred and eight million six hundred and eighty thousand eight hundred and forty four dollars and exceeding the amount exported during the preceding year by fifty eight million four hundred and eighty five thousand five hundred and seventeen dollars the sum paid from the treasury for sugar bounty was nine million three hundred and seventy five thousand one hundred and thirty dollars and eighty eight cents an increase over the preceding year of two million thirty three thousand fifty three dollars and nine cents it is estimated upon the basis of present revenue laws that the receipts of the government for the year ending june thirtieth eighteen ninety four will be four hundred and thirty million one hundred and twenty one thousand three hundred and sixty five dollars and thirty eight cents 
and its expenditures four hundred and fifty eight million one hundred and twenty one thousand three hundred and sixty five dollars and twenty eight cents resulting in a deficiency of twenty eight million dollars on the first day of november eighteen ninety three the amount of money of all kinds in circulation or not included in treasury holdings was one billion seven hundred and eighteen million five hundred and forty four thousand six hundred and eighty two an increase for the year of one hundred and twelve million four hundred and four thousand nine hundred and forty seven dollars estimating our population at sixty seven million four hundred and twenty six thousand at the time mentioned the per capita circulation was twenty five dollars and forty nine cents on the same date there was in the treasury gold bullion amounting to ninety six million six hundred and fifty seven thousand two hundred and seventy three dollars and silver bullion which was purchased at a cost of one hundred and twenty six million two hundred and sixty one thousand five hundred and fifty three dollars the purchases of silver under the law of july fourteenth eighteen ninety during the last fiscal year aggregated fifty four million eight thousand one hundred and sixty two point five nine fine ounces which cost forty five million five hundred and thirty one thousand three hundred and seventy four dollars and fifty three cents the total amount of silver purchased from the time that law became operative until the repeal of its purchasing clause on the first day of november eighteen ninety three was one hundred and sixty eight million six hundred and seventy four thousand five hundred and ninety point four six fine ounces which cost one hundred and fifty five million nine hundred and thirty thousand nine hundred and forty dollars and eighty four cents between the first day of march eighteen seventy three and the first day of november eighteen ninety three the government purchased under all laws five hundred and three million three thousand seven hundred and seventeen fine ounces of silver at a cost of five hundred and sixteen million six hundred and twenty two thousand nine hundred and forty eight dollars the silver dollars that have been coined under the act of july fourteenth eighteen ninety number thirty six million eighty seven thousand two hundred and eighty five the seniorage arising from such coinage was six million nine hundred and seventy seven thousand ninety eight dollars and thirty nine cents leaving on hand in the mints one hundred and forty million six hundred and ninety nine thousand seven hundred and sixty fine ounces of silver which cost one hundred and twenty six million seven hundred and fifty eight thousand two hundred and eighteen dollars our total coinage of all metals during the last fiscal year consisted of ninety seven million two hundred and eighty thousand eight hundred and seventy five pieces valued at forty three million six hundred and eighty five thousand one hundred and seventy eight dollars and eighty cents of which there was thirty million thirty eight thousand one hundred and forty dollars in gold coin five million three hundred and forty three thousand seven hundred and fifteen in silver dollars seven million seven hundred and seventeen thousand two hundred and twenty 
dollars and ninety cents in subsidiary silver coin and one million eighty six thousand one hundred and two dollars and ninety cents in minor coins during the calendar year eighteen ninety two the production of precious metals in the united states was estimated to be one million five hundred and ninety six thousand three hundred and seventy five fine ounces of gold of the commercial and coinage value of thirty three million dollars and fifty eight million fine ounces of silver of the bullion or market value of fifty million seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and of the coinage value of seventy four million nine hundred and eighty nine thousand nine hundred dollars it is estimated that on the first day of july eighteen ninety three the metallic stock of money in the united states consisting of coin and bullion amounted to one billion two hundred and thirteen million five hundred and fifty nine thousand one hundred and sixty nine dollars of which five hundred and ninety seven million six hundred and ninety seven thousand six hundred and eighty five dollars was gold and six hundred and fifteen million eight hundred and sixty one thousand four hundred and eighty four dollars was silver one hundred and nineteen national banks were organized during the year ending october thirty first eighteen ninety three with a capital of eleven million two hundred and thirty thousand dollars forty six went into voluntary liquidation and a hundred and fifty eight suspended sixty five of the suspended banks were insolvent eighty six resumed business and seven remain in the hands of the bank examiners with prospects of speedy resumption of the new banks organized forty-four were located in the eastern states forty-one west of the mississippi river and thirty-four in the central and southern states the total number of national banks in existence on october thirty first eighteen ninety three was three thousand seven hundred ninety six having an aggregate capital of six hundred ninety five million five hundred fifty eight thousand one hundred twenty dollars the net increase in the circulation of these banks during the year was thirty six million eight hundred eighty six thousand nine hundred seventy two the recent repeal of the provision of law requiring the purchase of silver bullion by the government as a feature of our monetary scheme has made an entire change in the complexion of our currency affairs i do not doubt that the ultimate result of this action will be most salutary and far-reaching in the nature of things however it is impossible to know at this time precisely what conditions will be brought about by the change or what if any supplementary legislation may in the light of such conditions appear to be essential or expedient of course after the recent financial perturbation time is necessary for the re-establishment of business confidence when however through this restored confidence the money which has been frightened into hoarding places is returned to trade and enterprise a survey of the situation will probably disclose a safe path leading to a permanently sound currency abundantly sufficient to meet every requirement of our increasing population and business in pursuit of this object we should resolutely turn away from alluring and temporary expedients determined to be content with 
nothing less than a lasting and comprehensive financial plan in these circumstances i am convinced that a reasonable delay in dealing with this subject instead of being injurious will increase the probability of wise action the monetary conference which assembled at brussels upon our invitation was adjourned to the thirtieth day of november of the present year the considerations just stated and the fact that a definite proposition from us seemed to be expected upon the reassembling of the conference led me to express a willingness to have the meeting still further postponed it seems to me that it would be wise to give general authority to the president to invite other nations to such a conference at any time when there should be a fair prospect of accomplishing an international agreement on the subject of coinage i desire also to earnestly suggest the wisdom of amending the existing statutes in regard to the issuance of government bonds the authority now vested in the secretary of the treasury to issue bonds is not as clear as it should be and the bonds authorized are disadvantageous to the government both as to the time of their maturity and rate of interest the superintendent of immigration through the secretary of the treasury reports that during the last fiscal year there arrived at our ports four hundred and forty thousand seven hundred and ninety three immigrants of these one thousand sixty three were not permitted to land under the limitations of the law and five hundred and seventy seven were returned to the countries from whence they came by reason of their having become public charges the total arrivals were one hundred and forty one thousand thirty four less than for the previous year the secretary in his report gives an account of the operation of the marine hospital service and of the good work done under its supervision in preventing the entrance and spread of contagious diseases the admonitions of the last two years touching our public health and the demonstrated danger of the introduction of contagious diseases from foreign ports have invested the subject of national quarantine with increased interest a more general and harmonious system than now exists acting promptly and directly everywhere and constantly operating by preventative means to shield our country from the invasion of disease and at the same time having due regard to the rights and duties of local agencies would i believe add greatly to the safety of our people the secretary of war reports that the strength of the army on the thirtieth day of september last was twenty five thousand seven hundred and seventy eight enlisted men and two thousand one hundred and forty four officers the total expenditures of the department for the year ending june thirtieth eighteen ninety three amounted to fifty one million nine hundred and sixty six thousand seventy four dollars and eighty nine cents of this sum one million nine hundred ninety two thousand five hundred and eighty one dollars and ninety five cents was for salaries and contingent expenses twenty three million three hundred and seventy seven thousand eight hundred and twenty eight dollars and thirty five cents for the support of the military establishment six million seventy seven thousand thirty three dollars and eighteen cents for miscellaneous objects and five hundred and eighteen thousand six hundred and thirty one dollars and forty one cents for public works this latter sum includes fifteen million two hundred and ninety six thousand eight hundred and seventy six dollars and 
46 cents for river and harbor improvements and three million two hundred and sixty six thousand one hundred and forty one dollars and twenty cents for fortifications and other works of defense the total enrollment of the militia of the several states was on the thirty first of october of the current year one hundred and twelve thousand five hundred and ninety seven officers and enlisted men the officers of the army detailed for the inspection and instruction of this reserve of our military force report that increased interest and marked progress are apparent in the discipline and efficiency of the organization neither indian outbreaks nor domestic violence have called the army into service during the year and the only active military duty required of it has been in the department of texas where violations of the neutrality laws of the united states and mexico were promptly and efficiently dealt with by the troops eliciting the warm approval of the civil and military authorities of both countries the operation of wise laws and the influences of civilization constantly tending to relieve the country from the dangers of indian hostilities together with the increasing ability of the states through the efficiency of the national guard organizations to protect their citizens from domestic violence lead to the suggestion that the time is fast approaching when there should be a reorganization of our army on the lines of the present necessities of the country this change contemplates neither increase in number nor added expense but a redistribution of the force and an encouragement of measures tending to greater efficiency among the men and improvement of the service the adoption of battalion formations for infantry regiments the strengthening of the artillery force the abandonment of smaller and unnecessary posts and the massing of the troops at important and accessible stations all promise to promote the usefulness of the army in the judgment of army officers with but few exceptions the operation of the law forbidding the re-enlistment of men after ten years service has not proved its wisdom and while the arguments that led to its adoption were not without merit the experience of the year constrains me to join in the recommendation for its repeal it is gratifying to note that we had begun to attain complete results in the comprehensive scheme of seacoast defense and fortification entered upon eight years ago a large sum has been already expended but the cost of maintenance will be inconsiderable as compared with the expense of construction and ordnance at the end of the current calendar year the war department will have nine twelve-inch guns twenty ten-inch and thirty-four eight-inch guns ready to be mounted on gun lifts and carriages and seventy-five twelve-inch mortars in addition to the product of the army gun factory now completed at watervillette the government has contracted with private parties for the purchase of one hundred guns of these calibers the first of which should be delivered to the department for test before july first eighteen ninety four the manufacture of heavy ordnance keeps pace with current needs but to render these guns available for the purposes they are designed to meet emplacements must be prepared for them progress has been made in this direction and it is desirable that congress by adequate appropriation should provide for the uninterrupted prosecution of this necessary work 
after much preliminary work and exhaustive examination in accordance with the requirements of the law the board appointed to select a magazine rifle of modern type to replace the obsolete springfield rifle of the infantry service completed its labors during the last year and the work of manufacture is now in progress at the national armory at springfield it is confidently expected that by the end of the current year our infantry will be supplied with a weapon equal to that of the most progressive armies of the world the work on the projected chickamauga and chattanooga national military park has been prosecuted with zeal and judgment and its opening will be celebrated during the coming year over nine square miles of the chickamauga battlefield have been acquired twenty-five miles of roadway have been constructed and permanent tablets have been placed at many historical points while the invitation to the states to mark the positions of their troops participating in the battle has been very generally accepted the work of locating and preserving the lines of battle at the gettysburg battlefield is making satisfactory progress on the plans directed by the last congress the reports of the military academy at west point and the several schools for special instruction of officers showed marked advance in the education of the army and a commendable ambition among its officers to excel in the military profession and to fit themselves for the highest service to the country under the supervision of adjutant general robert williams lately retired the bureau of military information has become well established and is performing a service that will put in possession of the government in time of war most valuable information and at all times serve a purpose of great utility in keeping the army advised of the world's progress in all matters pertaining to the art of war the report of the attorney general contains the usual summary of the affairs and proceedings of the department of justice for the last year together with certain recommendations as to needed legislation on various subjects i cannot too heartily endorse the proposition that the fee system as applicable to the compensation of united states attorneys marshals clerks of federal courts and the united states commissioners should be abolished with as little delay as possible it is clearly in the interest of the community that the business of the courts both civil and criminal shall be as small and as inexpensively transacted as the ends of justice will allow the system is therefore thoroughly vicious which makes the compensation of court officials depend on the volume of such business and thus creates a conflict between a proper execution of the law and private gain which cannot fail to be dangerous to the rights and freedom of the citizen and an irresistible temptation to the unjustifiable expenditure of public funds if in addition to this reform another was inaugurated which would give to united states commissioners the final disposition of petty offenses within the grade of misdemeanors especially these coming under the internal revenue laws a great advance would be made toward a more decent administration of the criminal law in my first message to congress dated december eighth eighteen eighty five i strongly recommended these changes and referred somewhat at length to the evils of the present system since that time the criminal business of the federal courts and the expense attending it have enormously increased the number of criminal prosecutions 
pending in the circuit and district courts of the united states on the first day of july eighteen eighty five was three thousand eight hundred and eight of which one thousand eight hundred and eighty four were for violations of the internal revenue laws while the number of such prosecutions pending on the first day of july eighteen ninety three was nine thousand five hundred of which four thousand two hundred were for violations of the internal revenue laws the expense of the united states courts exclusive of judges salaries for the year ending july first eighteen eighty five was two million eight hundred and seventy four thousand seven hundred and thirty three dollars and eleven cents and for the year ending july first eighteen ninety three four million five hundred and twenty eight thousand six hundred and seventy six dollars and eighty seven cents it is therefore apparent that the reasons given in eighteen eighty five for a change in the manner of enforcing the federal criminal law have gained cogency and strength by lapse of time i also heartily join the attorney general in recommending legislation fixing degrees of the crime of murder within federal jurisdiction as has been done in many of the states authorizing writs of error on behalf of the government in cases where final judgment is rendered against the sufficiency of an indictment or against the government upon any other question arising before actual trial limiting the right of review in cases of felony punishable only by fine and imprisonment to the circuit court of appeals and making speedy provision for the construction of such prisons and reformatories as may be necessary for the confinement of united states convicts the report of the postmaster general contains a detailed statement of the operations of the post office department during the last fiscal year and much interesting information touching this important branch of the public service the business of the mails indicates with absolute certainty the condition of the business of the country and depression in financial affairs inevitably and quickly reduces the postal revenues therefore a larger discrepancy than usual between the post office receipts and expenditures is the expected and unavoidable result of the distressing stringency which has prevailed throughout the country during much of the time covered by the postmaster general's report at a date when better times were anticipated it was estimated by his predecessor that the deficiency on the thirtieth day of june eighteen ninety three would be but a little over a million and a half dollars it amounted however to more than five millions at the same time and under the influence of like anticipations estimates were made for the current fiscal year ending june thirtieth eighteen ninety four which exhibited a surplus of revenue over expenditures of eight hundred and seventy two thousand two hundred and forty five dollars and seventy one cents but now in view of the actual receipts and expenditures during that part of the current fiscal year already expired the present postmaster-general estimates that at its close instead of a surplus there will be a deficiency of nearly eight million dollars the post office receipts for the last fiscal year amounted to seventy five million eight hundred and ninety six thousand nine hundred and thirty three dollars and sixteen cents and its expenditures to eighty one million seventy four thousand one hundred and four dollars and ninety cents 
this post office deficiency would disappear or be immensely decreased if less matter were carried free through the mails an item of which is upwards of three hundred tons of seeds and grain from the agricultural department the total number of post offices in the united states on the thirtieth day of june eighteen ninety three was sixty eight thousand four hundred and three an increase of one thousand two hundred and eighty four over the preceding year of these three thousand three hundred and sixty were presidential an increase in that class of two hundred and four over the preceding year forty two free delivery offices were added during the year to those already existing making a total of six hundred and ten cities and towns provided with free delivery on june thirtieth eighteen ninety three ninety-three other cities and towns are now entitled to this service under the law but it has not been accorded them on account of insufficient funds to meet the expenses of its establishment i am decidedly of the opinion that the provisions of the present law permit as general an introduction of this feature of mail service as is necessary or justifiable and that it ought not to be extended to smaller communities than are now designated the expenses of free delivery for the fiscal year ending june thirtieth eighteen ninety four will be more than eleven million dollars and under legislation now existing there must be a constant increase in this item of expenditure there were six thousand four hundred and one additions to the domestic money order offices during the last fiscal year being the largest increase in any year since the inauguration of the system the total number of these offices at the close of the year was eighteen thousand four hundred and thirty four there were thirteen million three hundred and nine thousand seven hundred and thirty five money orders issued from these offices being an increase over the preceding year of one million two hundred and forty thousand two hundred and ninety three and the value of these orders amounted to one hundred and twenty seven million five hundred and seventy six thousand four hundred and thirty three dollars and sixty five cents an increase of seven million five hundred and nine thousand six hundred and thirty two dollars and fifty eight cents there were also issued during the year postal notes amounting to twelve million nine hundred and three thousand seventy six dollars and seventy three cents during the year a hundred and ninety five international money order offices were added to those already provided making a total of two thousand four hundred and seven in operation on june thirtieth eighteen ninety three the number of international money orders issued during the year was one million fifty five thousand nine hundred and ninety nine an increase over the preceding year of seventy two thousand five hundred and twenty five and their value was sixteen million three hundred and forty one thousand eight hundred and thirty seven dollars and eighty six cents an increase of two million two hundred and twenty one thousand five hundred and six dollars and thirty one cents the number of orders paid was three hundred thousand nine hundred and seventeen an increase over the preceding year of thirteen thousand five hundred and three and their value was five million two hundred and eighty three thousand three hundred and seventy five dollars and seventy cents an increase of ninety four thousand ninety four dollars and eighty three cents 
from the foregoing statements it appears that the total issue of money orders and postal notes for the year amounted to one hundred and fifty six million eight hundred and twenty two thousand three hundred and forty eight dollars and twenty four cents the number of letters and packages mailed during the year for special delivery was three million three hundred and seventy five thousand six hundred and ninety three an increase over the preceding year of nearly twenty two per cent the special delivery stamps used upon these letters and packages amounted to three hundred and thirty seven thousand five hundred and sixty nine dollars and thirty cents and the messengers fees paid for their delivery amounted to two hundred and fifty six thousand five hundred and ninety two dollars and seventy one cents leaving a profit to the government of eighty thousand nine hundred and seventy six dollars and fifty nine cents the railway mail service not only adds to the promptness of mail delivery at all offices but it is the especial instrumentality which puts the smaller and way places in the service on an equality in that regard with the larger and terminal offices this branch of the postal service has therefore received much attention from the postmaster-general and though it is gratifying to know that it is in a condition of high efficiency and great usefulness i am led to agree with the postmaster-general that there is room for its further improvement there are now connected to the post office establishment twenty eight thousand three hundred and twenty four employees who are in the classified service the head of this great department gives conclusive evidence of the value of civil service reform when after an experience that renders his judgment on the subject absolutely reliable he expresses the opinion that without the benefit of the system it would be impossible to conduct the vast business entrusted to him i desire to commend as especially worthy of prompt attention the suggestions of the postmaster-general relating to a more sensible and business-like organization and a better distribution of responsibilities in his department the report of the secretary of the navy contains a history of the operations of his department during the past year and exhibits a most gratifying condition of the personnel of our navy he presents a satisfactory account of the progress which has been made in the construction of vessels and makes a number of recommendations to which attention is especially invited during the past six months the demands for cruising vessels have been many and urgent there have been revolutions calling for vessels to protect american interests in nicaragua guatemala costa rica honduras argentina and brazil while the condition of affairs in honolulu has required the constant presence of one or more ships with all these calls upon our navy it becomes necessary in order to make up a sufficient fleet to patrol the bering sea under the modus vivendi agreed upon with great britain to detail to that service one vessel from the fish commission and three from the revenue marine progress in the construction of new vessels has not been as rapid as was anticipated there have been delays in the completion of unarmored vessels but for the most part they have been such as are constantly occurring even in countries having the largest experience in naval shipbuilding the most serious delays however have been in the work upon armored ships the trouble has been the failure of contractors to deliver armor as agreed 
the difficulties seem now however to have been all overcome and armor is being delivered with satisfactory promptness as a result of the experience acquired by shipbuilders and designers and material men it is believed that the dates when vessels will be completed can now be estimated with reasonable accuracy great guns rapid-fire guns torpedoes and powder are being promptly supplied the following vessels of the new navy have been completed and are now ready for service the double turreted coast defense monitor miantonoma the double turreted coast defense monitor monterey the armored cruiser new york the protected cruisers baltimore chicago philadelphia newark san francisco charleston atlanta and boston the cruiser detroit the gunboats yorktown concord bennington machias castine and petrel the dispatch vessel dolphin the practice vessel bancroft and the dynamite gunboat vesuvius of these the bancroft machias detroit and castine have been placed in commission during the current calendar year the following vessels are in process of construction the second-class battleships maine and texas the cruisers montgomery and marblehead and the coast defense monitors terror puritan amphitrite and manadnock all of which will be completed within one year the harbor defense ram katahdin and the protected cruisers columbia minneapolis olympia cincinnati and raleigh all of which will be completed prior to july first eighteen ninety five the first class battleships iowa indiana massachusetts and oregon will be completed february first eighteen ninety six and the armored cruiser brooklyn which will be completed by august first of that year it is also expected that three gunboats authorized by the last congress will be completed in less than two years since eighteen eighty six congress has at each session authorized the building of one or more vessels and the secretary of the navy presents an earnest plea for the continuance of this plan he recommends the authorization of at least one battleship and six torpedo boats while i am distinctly in favor of consistently pursuing the policy we have inaugurated of building up a thorough and efficient navy i cannot refrain from the suggestion that the congress should carefully take into account the number of unfinished vessels on our hands and the depleted condition of our treasury in considering the propriety of an appropriation at this time to begin new work the method of employing mechanical labor at navy yards through boards of labor and making efficiency the sole test by which laborers are employed and continued as producing the best results and the secretary is earnestly devoting himself to its development attention is invited to the statements of his report in regard to the workings of the system end of section two